Hi, and welcome to the We Don't Know Wheel F1 podcast. I'm Anne. And I'm Grace. We're two sisters who fell in love with Formula One, much to our father's joy, and decided to make a podcast so we could force our friends and family to listen to us talk about the thing we're obsessed with. And joining us today is our dear friend, Jamie. I'm back. <laughs> For those who listened a couple episodes ago, I'm Jamie Davis. I'm also a F1 connoisseur. <laughs> An F1 connoisseur, a Daniel Ricardo connoisseur, mm. and a wine connoisseur. <laughs> we are all, all here to <laughs> toast the 2022 season and Daniel yep. Ricardo and Seb mm. and Mick and Latifi. <laughs> And Latifi, don't forget him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Latifi, I literally just watched like a compilations of all the times he has crashed the car oh. through no fault of anyone else. And like, I'm not here for bullying, but it is you just sit and you watch and you think, no, it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be when you turn down the wrong road while you're on the racetrack and then are like, I don't know what happened. Something went wrong with the car. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, I, as you are all aware, I'm not a huge Lance Stroll fan. And I also, I think Latifi is a very nice person. I think he's a good guy. But I think that Lance Stroll is much more deserving of a seat in Formula One compared to Nicholas Latifi. We're going to compare the uh, two true... What's the right word for it? Pay drivers? On the grid? I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> it's a real thing. They are. Daniel Ricardo wouldn't say it. I don't know why you say that, Grace. I think he was on a, on a podcast recently where they asked him about it. Oh, you're right. And he very, like, he, he really skirted it um in an elegant way where he was basically like you make it into formula one you're still a great driver and I think that's like probably something you can say about Nicholas Latifi like he's still a great driver he's not really the caliber of formula one yeah wait okay what is the history there because I'm a late bloomer oh (laughs) yeah how did he get in so Nicholas Latifi comes from a very wealthy family and also okay. has a lot of sponsors in Canada. And the money that he is bringing to Williams is, I would say it was a significant factor in him driving for Williams the last three years. Got it. Was that a more yeah. elegant way of saying it, Grace? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Dan Ricardo approach and say, like, he's definitely still a good driver it's just you know there's a difference yeah yeah but yeah yeah and I do I don't know it's hard to say because the Williams seems like it's been a very difficult car to drive this year just overall (laughs) so it's a little hard to like make a true comparison but let's jump in to the Abu Dhabi season finale Mm -hmm. grand prix yeah where where to start yeah what are the hot (laughs) takes and hot takes oh um here's a hot take i think 
in a lot of ways is a more interesting race compared to the season finale last year with the exception of the like controversy at the end of last year's race because with these new cars as well as I think they slightly redesigned this layout of the circuit cars could actually pass each other and apparently um there were three cars that were all like jockeying for position and passing each other and like swapping back and forth on the last lap that was totally missed by tv direction that's a bummer um but we're yeah. talking about in this race to mm-hmm. oh yeah i believe it there was a lot of yeah because daniel and seb were fighting at the like in the last mm-hmm. lap it was definitely like there was a lot of passing i thought mm-hmm. even though it kind of like fell into place like red bull ferrari mercs they were they were close and like very competitive with each other throughout except for verstappen who was like off doing his own thing (laughs) pulling ahead and then at the end i loved max being like what happened to checo oh Oh, that's too bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) no remorse for brazil (laughs) didn't expect any now yeah i will say over the course of the week i think my opinion about whether or not checo crashed on purpose in monaco has been evolving oh <laughs> tell us yeah what's that hot take? well i just have seen like more journalists who really know what they're talking about as well as like former drivers talking about some of the reasons why it looks like that could have actually been possible. Um, And I think one of the things that really sealed it for me of like, oh, this is a distinct possibility was Carlos when he was asked about it and him saying that like, I'm not going to comment on this specific situation, but as drivers, we know that like people crashing on purpose is way more common than people think. And we're able to tell just basically by looking at, on boards and seeing some of the telemetry whether or not that is the case um and so carlos saying that as well as carlos not saying and it's not and it's like jeco didn't crash there on purpose kind of makes me feel like he did and yeah i don't know still does not excuse what max did because why do you need to hold a garage from six months ago no that's nuts and i really lost my mind this weekend and i did go back and watch all of the Monaco qualifying and the Monaco Grand Prix and the I was watching the like F1 version mm-hmm. not the international version and there was a commentator and it was one of the like past Formula One drivers who was like oh it sounds like something went wrong there like they were, they made a mention that they thought it didn't sound like he was breaking, breaking at that turn hmm. the way that he had been. So I thought that was a little interesting, interesting. but I also like, don't necessarily get what the big advantage that what there was there, except that he was faster than Max, but he had been that faster was the advantage. Max, like all weekend and in all of qualifying. So yeah. I don't know why he thought that max was suddenly going to overtake him and it still put him in third was it in third yeah i think the the explanation would be that checo thought that 
he was not ever going to be fast enough to get ahead of the Ferraris. And so he wanted to do what he could to keep Max behind him. Which I know, like, at that point in the championship fight, there was, like, a little more, it was closer. Yeah. But it still seems wild. Like, you weren't, yeah, I don't know. It's also one of the tracks where it really matters where you qualify compared to some others. Yeah. Because there are a lot of other tracks where even if Checo had qualified in front of Max from doing a, like, perfect, amazing lap, Max probably would have just passed him in the race. Yeah. Yeah. And it's wild that Checo then goes on to win that race when he only starts third. Yeah. Ferrari Ferrari. had a bad day. day. (laughs) Yeah. Was for, were Ferraris first and second? I don't remember. They were. Yeah. Okay. And the short version is that it, there was a like torrential downpour right before the race was supposed to start. So then they delayed it for a while and everybody started the race on wets and then most people switched to intermediates for like three to four laps and then they switched to slicks and mm-hmm. Checo was one of the earlier people to switch I think he was the first out of the like top group of four yeah. Ferrari mm-hmm. hesitated for like two laps uh, at which and point that- Checo had undercut them yes and um Carlos seeing this was like, we're, we're skipping intermediates and we're going straight to slicks. Mm -hmm. And Charles did not insist on that call. And then the other thing that really screwed Charles over is that um, they, Ferrari double stacked the pit stop onto slicks and Charles Uh, was too quick behind Carlos and like lost a couple of seconds there. And so it ended up after those, Pit stops played out and it'll be Checo, Carlos, Max, Charles. So Charles didn't even end up on the podium. Oh gosh. Mm, yeah. He did finish the race though. First time in Monaco. Oh. It's like consolation. You finish that race and you're like, I'm beginning to see Charles's like descent into madness. I had an interesting conversation with mom today where she was talking about some of her favorite and least favorite drivers and found out that she is not a fan of Charles Leclerc. He was getting like, really, there were some complaints about him after Brazil where people were just like, he's being a little whiny. (laughs) She was saying that she like, feels like he complains too much and like gets mad at bad stuff happening to him. Mm-hmm. So have you seen the meme of it's from Harry Potter and it's when um it's Hermione and Harry Potter and Hermione I think is like telling Harry Potter to stop like I don't remember what's happening in it but basically Hermione is saying they're only doing it because they think you're the chosen one and then Harry says I am the chosen one have but they they've replaced for Charles yeah, they've replaced Harry's face with Charles no. and Hermione's face with Carlos. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh. really think that Charles like is the chosen one mm. um, to like redeem Ferrari. And I don't know, it's a lot to... Uh... He is the golden boy. 
I feel like Carlos has done such an incredible job though. Like he's really worked with the car and I mean, he's, it seems like he's made a lot of really good calls for himself. I did enjoy in the race when he was like, when they were like, the tire nag is better than we were expecting. And he was like, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the meme that one of you guys sent that was, uh, I can't remember the picture, but it was basically like, it basically said that if Carlos was uh, doing strategy for Ferrari, then Charles would already be the (laughs) world champ. (laughs) I'd be wrong there. (laughs) But I feel like for me, the most exciting thing about this race was tire strategy. Because I feel like the race played out I don't know how we would expect it wasn't anything too crazy happening other than like you know some people getting out and that was unfortunate but there wasn't there weren't any big crashes um I don't feel like there were any big upsets um no. or nothing, nothing crazy unexpected happened so the yeah. most unexpected thing was just Ferrari having really good pace as well as hanging onto their tires mm. super well which yeah. for a majority of at least the second half of the season they've struggled with a lot um I think it's also been kind of interesting to watch Checo this year because he in the past has had a reputation of being like a tire whisperer of like getting his tires to hold on for a ridiculous length of time but that's Mm -hmm. one of the things he's actually struggled with this year which is like kind of weird to see um but it was really fun watching him try and chase down Charles and I he was getting close at the end there too if there had been like two more laps I think he would have got him yeah yeah it was definitely like um I think yeah tire strategy it was so tight on Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. interesting that Charles and Max they both went on a one-stop strategy right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was definitely like Carlos was not on the right track there Mm -hmm. yeah which I think if they Charles and Max had done a two-stop strategy. Checo could have had a possibility of winning the whole thing. Yeah. Because his undercat, once he got his second set of hards, was so good. He had like such good clear air and was he got, I mean, well, he got all the way up to Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Super fascinating. It was super interesting that Sebastian Vettel went with the one-stop strategy too, but was like, that was the wrong call. Yeah, because yeah, he extended oh. his first stint way longer and then just got like dragged back by people and it was sad to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. But so like quick recap, we've mm-hmm. got Max wins again. He pulled yeah. far away. Yeah. <laughs> Max and Charles both go on a one-stop strategy. Charles holds on to those tires really well. Yeah. And then Chaco does a two-stop and he's trying desperately to overtake Charles after the second stop almost catches him but just not quite and there's I think nothing it was 1.3 seconds at the end yeah there's nothing max can do to really help him yeah the only thing he could have done is like try to push back charles which i i have to say i don't think that was a reasonable idea no and i saw some people making a comparison to checo holding lewis back last year in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. um but i think the big difference there was that that was just Checo's pace on the track. <laughs> um, he wasn't like 
Checker wasn't purposefully slowing down to let Lewis catch him to then slow Lewis down. Lewis just caught up with Checo, and so then Checo drove in a way that forced Lewis to slow down in order to pass him. Um, it was different ask to tell Max, slow down eight seconds until you have Charles on your back, and then Checo can get past. Yeah. Yeah. Different scenario. Yeah. I agree. But, but yeah. So, and then it was just a nice race for, like, Seb being in the points, Daniel Ricardo in the points. Mm-hmm. There was, like, good racing overall, lots mm-hmm. of overtaking and... I loved seeing um it was a joke on you and mm-hmm. Vettel who raced a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a nice race. Um yeah. yeah, I feel like the F1 TV didn't show enough of the midfield stuff. It would have been nice to see yeah. more of that. Um because they're showing a lot of Checo chasing. Yeah. Checo, Charles um did they show much i feel like it was checo and charles charles yeah they um, showed a lot of seb at the end of his first in when people kept yeah him. yeah that was tough you know who's not get who gets no coverage is lando because he's always oh, alone yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's always behind the top six but kind of in front of most of the others yeah he's really Lots killing it races. that's what i he thought is. too yeah he had a great race yeah He's very much yeah. always best of the rest. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I really enjoyed all the like little team videos after the race of yeah. the drivers moving from one place to another. I saw one that was like literally night of Alonzo walking into Aston Martin. <laughs> I liked Nick DeVries on yes. the dolly being dropped off at Alpha Tori. And that was so sweet because you could tell yes. everyone was so happy for him. Yes. yes. And apparently before they put him on the dolly, they tossed him into the harbor. <laughs> And then, oh, I didn't. I saw that. Another tradition in Abu Dhabi. Love oh. it. Um, the Pierre and Yuki's last like race review together video, so mm-hmm. sweet. And apparently, Pierre for like two years has not ever let Yuki come over to his house. So funny. Um, and in this video, he finally invited Yuki over for dinner. It's very cute. I know. What, but Yuki has to cook. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What do you think that's all about? Why hasn't he gotten the invite until now? Oh, I think it's just a joke. All right. I don't know. But I, I think don't know. guys are hanging out that much. It's a bummer. I mean, they're hanging out a lot. They're hanging out a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's they see each other so much already. <laughs> don't come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> I, need I also room. feel like those two have always had the relationship where Yuki is a fennel he kind of attached himself to Pierre. Mm. Uh, especially, I mean. It's giving younger sibling to me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think P- Yuki is much more attached to Pierre than Pierre to Yuki, if that makes sense. I, But still. Love I'm going to cry. Really <laughs> I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I love that Pierre, like, kind of, it looks like he like took him under his wing, but oh, yeah. they just had such a good banter. And Pierre was saying too, he was one of his um, best like relationships with a teammate. Which yeah, is that's I was trying to think who else Pierre has been teammates with. <laughs> so it's Max. Dan- it just, Dan- like, Kibia? Yeah, Daniel Kibia. Was, I no, don't, they were. 
they mm-hmm. weren't ever teammates because they just swapped back and forth. Ooh. Who were they swapping with? Daniel? No, like um, swapping to be teammates with Matt. No, I understand that. I'm saying who was the other Yeah, Daniel Kvyat was the okay. other. I think it would have been Torosa driver at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't okay, remember so what this... the team changed names. Did Pierre... Yeah, who was on Torosa before Yuki? That's what we're saying. Got it. I that was before my time. (laughs) Not really. He was probably there when I was watching Drive to Survive, but I hadn't watched. He doesn't get a lot of airtime on Drive to Survive. Barely any. Sorry, that's probably why. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then I think one of my favorite things in the race that Anne was like, "You got to go watch this." Was Mm -hmm. Daniel Ricardo's post race interview. Mm -hmm. Oh. I was, I, okay, tell me more about that. And then I want to talk about his ending radio call too. Oh, um, so it was with the, um, F1 TV team for their like post-race show, which this week it was led by Will Buxton. Um, the other person who was on there that like, I remember the most being on there was, James Hitchcliffe, who used to be a driver for IndyCar, who's been doing a few few races commentating for the F1 TV team. And James Hitchcliffe was trying to convince Daniel that he should come to IndyCar and he doesn't have to drive the ovals and that he would just have so much fun. And it was, number one, it was very sweet because they were having a good conversation about how healthy it will hopefully be for Daniel to really truly have a break Mm -hmm. from driving Formula One every single week for a while um and then number two the like personal appeal of someone who's done IndyCar telling Daniel how much fun he would probably have doing it was adorable yes and I loved like Daniel saying like I get messages from a lot of IndyCar drivers saying come join us I think the thing I liked the most was him talking about like actually when I sat down and thought about it it's not just that I wanted a better car but that I wanted to make sure that I like love this and want to do this and I don't want to jump back into another team like I don't know to me it really it had hints of like getting out of a bad relationship Mm. yeah Mm. yeah yeah so it made me very hopeful for him because maybe he doesn't come back racing but I felt like to me I don't want to put words in his mouth but I had implications to me of like taking care of your own mental health and well-being and that's really important so I'm happy for him yeah agreed what do we think about him being a member of the F1 TV staff (laughs) We love the Red Bull reserve driver. That's nuts. It is nuts. I feel like it could lead to some unhealthy um, internet conversation whenever Checo might struggle of put Daniel in the car, take Checo out. Well, I was going to say, like, I do think if Daniel really wants a seat at a top three team, that is the team that has the most instability in drivers. And like, historically, it's just like, you're in or you're out. And we can yeah. change whenever we feel like it. Yeah. Whereas like, yep. Merck is not going to get rid of George Russell. Like, yeah. he's in it for a while. 
They're not yeah. doing a mid-season changeup. Mm-hmm. They're not doing a mid-season changeup with Charles or Carlos at Ferrari. Like, no. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's toxic, but he knows that. And true. Mm-hmm. That's like actually the toxicity is the necessity. <laughs> <laughs> if it happens, I just hope that there are some hilarious and random um YouTube videos with Danny and Max and Checo and they'd be hilarious and adorable and that's that's my only hope. That's my only goal. I think yeah. that those will definitely be in our future. I hope so. Yeah. And then I feel like the last thing I wanted to touch on was just the Seb and Lewis of it all oh, and God. how and and Fernando. I just like sure. those three together and I loved that yeah like Lewis is just full in denial like Seb's coming yeah. back I'll see him soon Fernando's we'll race like, again yeah <laughs> Fernando said the same thing yes. he's like I know you'll be back like me so see you in a year yeah and even I thought <laughs> Fernando went up to Seb at the beginning of the race and was like I won't try and race you for the first lap or something yeah I, and I was like too. oh Fernando's turning into a little softy. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, absolutely not. Never. I I would say I was surprised by how many different sweet tributes to mm-hmm. Seb there were. The drivers yes. all getting together for dinner was adorable, which I think what, like, I think the reason why it, like, pulled up people so much to see the pictures from of them from dinner is that we're so used to seeing like polished professional pictures a lot of times mm-hmm. staged and it was so sweet to just like see these pictures that were so unpolished and you could see just the like happiness they all had from just spending time with each other um the donuts at the end were adorable uh the like little honor guard that all of the um mm-hmm. the other drivers did as Seb came out and he like did a like you know bro handshake with all of them was <laughs> so sweet um, and a hug for Lewis yes yes <laughs> a hug for Lewis um and also hearing both Lewis and Seb talk this week about how um, I think I first heard it in Seb's Beyond the Grid interview and he's talking about his relationship with Lewis. He talked about how their relationship grew after they had a like bad incident or crash years mm-hmm. ago and they made the decision to like sit down and hash it out and it ended up with them becoming way better like friends and knowing each other better and getting along better and it was, just, it was so sweet. And then yeah. it had a like interview with him and like a package about him at the end of the race I was not expecting all of that and it was very touching yeah yeah it was it was sweet should we Mm. okay so should we talk about the dinner of it all because all the (laughs) all the boys went out to dinner and that in itself is a feat that I'm just impressed by and love Mm -hmm. And apparently Lewis arranged the whole thing and paid, paid for dinner, mm. had to find a restaurant that they all could agree on, which apparently was quite hard. 
And then the seating chart was like yeah. amazing. And like, I loved like Checo and Max far yeah. across the table from each other, like opposite ends. And, and also Fernando sitting next to the two teammates who are also fighting with each other. Yeah. yeah. So much shit talking going on. Yes. Yeah. And you've got the Spanish Inquisition all together, of course. <laughs> and then like, what was it? It was Mick, Seb, and Lewis Hamilton, that little oh. sandwich. Mm-hmm. There was a, wasn't there a Danny and Lando thing going on? They were together? They were next to each I other, weren't so, they? Yeah. I think so. I know that there was, there was a group shot of all of them and that had one dynamic. And then there was the seating chart at the table and that also had a different dynamic. Yeah. There, no, Daniel and Lando, I think they were separated by Charles. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. But they were right. They were very we're, close to yeah. each other. Okay. Yeah. I know that in, in the group shot afterwards, we had a meme going around of like, yes, drawing arrows. Like, here are all <laughs> the Yeah. Like, here and you, you were together. Obviously, heartwarming. Uh, yeah. The max. These are enemies. Yeah. These are lovers. Yes. <laughs> These are fellow countrymen. <laughs> yeah that was that was good and I agree with you Anne. like I was just telling Sarah like my favorite thing is to see like the very unpolished like I love to see a driver with like a little razor burn or a sit and like I can see their pores and it's very humanized and like don't airbrush it let's get into it your flaws are what make you so beautiful <laughs> maybe it also felt super different because none of them were wearing any team clothing or like dressed mm, up for yeah. like when they're walking into the paddock they're just like yeah wearing clothes I, no- I noticed a lot of just like really nice t-shirts happening mm-hmm. and I think also to like touch off what you guys were saying that's why I've been literally living for Danny JPEG and Lando JPEG those photos are so fun (laughs) exactly like what you're describing so that's to me the best uh, F1 social media out there yes I'm I'm obsessed with Danny's Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram of his photography because it's so so good poorly like um what is that called well, it's not curated it's, well it's not curated but it's also like the photos they're not like set up in a way where you're like this is the focus and it's in the rule yeah. of thirds or it's got yeah. the, it's the not, golden ratio it's like framing he should get a company to hire him to be a paddock photographer next year because yeah. he can just like go around all the drivers know him and love him, so they're gonna be comfortable around him. He's gonna take these terrible but very candid, adorable sh- photos. It'd be amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, yes, agree, but also I don't think he needs to monetize that skill. Like, mm. just let it be a hobby he enjoys. He has, I think, he has enough money. Jamie and I have both contributed <laughs> to his Enchante Chalet fundraising. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, fine. And speaking of, yes. should we get into our first driver product review? <laughs> we're going to do a product <laughs> review. This is a first for We Don't Know Wheel. And we're very excited. 
drivers, send us your merch, send <laughs> us anything that you're selling. We would love to review it. Only positive reviews. Just kidding. We're very serious here. <laughs> not sponsored by this, but we would happily be We would sponsored. love to be sponsored. Danny, please send us some wine. Yeah, and if you want to be on the pod, we would love to interview we you. We would love to have you. <laughs> and if you can figure out how to get the wine to go to Minnesota, that would be really helpful. <laughs> okay i'm in the frozen tundra with no wine (laughs) so we first off i will say danny had these fun little promo videos where he's like fancied up which to me is like kind of a fun juxtaposition danny's not usually super sponsified unless he's doing like a vanity fair ad (laughs) um and we have a special guest with us to help show the (laughs) the danny rick three daniel ricardo by uh what is it saint hugo (laughs) we have our wine in-house wine yeah here do it this way check out this packaging (laughs) sorry the packaging is luxe if you're worried that the cost is too high remember that the cardboard is fancy look at that it looks like the three is racing like it's very we love that racer vibes racer like vibes. classy he's an athlete <laughs> Blah, <laughs> racer, uh, these are real racing stripes racing stripes did you guys see that mclaren did another new livery on their car for this past week they love a sponsorship no <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're figuring out how to get this wine out of the box Be careful it's Fully, it has like a this... really nice stand situation happening. <laughs> also, some D three D three R. Okay, well, he signs the back. <laughs> so he personally <laughs> signs each and every thing. bottle. We have a Rick three signature. You can never. Get <laughs> um, today on the menu we have oh, it's a deep dimple. That's always something that I look for. Is that good or bad? I think that's good. Okay. I don't, I have, there's no reason to justify that. The cost (laughs) of the wine, it better be good. And we have a Cabernet Sauvignon. Also, doesn't a deep dimple mean that there's less wine in the bottle? (laughs) I'm going to fill this up with box wine after we finish this. (laughs) In true Buses tradition. (laughs) Is it a screw on cap? No. Absolutely. Bro. (laughs) the bottle number yeah don't show it then they can make fakes i'm just kidding (laughs) i was not thinking that that way (laughs) okay give me a second here carry on we have a very basic wine opener but yeah so we're, we're excited to try out our first you know merchandise from a formula one driver and you know we're ready to send our money to these <laughs> rich tax evading drivers that's allegedly <laughs> that's taxes. they're only doing that if they're smart <laughs> now, okay question what is what's the alcohol that valtry sells it's a gin a gin i think we oh. could do gin next yeah do you think he ships that to the u.s yet we can or is find it like out. just in finland I'm I'm down for a gin tasting. Ooh. Should we get that to Minnesota? We can try. Can I'll do some us. research yeah. afterwards. Yeah, do a little research. I'm nervous. I don't want this cork to go down in the bottle. 
<laughs> I don't know if I used. These are uh, not that hard. These are these are doable. Okay. We're working with some really basic equipment. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you just kind of do a little shimmy. Mm -hmm. I'm shimmying. You... Do you want me to go through there? No. Okay. I'm doing a shimmy on the cork right now. I'm a little nervous. I don't want it to break the cork. Kind of splitting a little bit. Do you want to give it a go? Let me try. Okay. Grace, Grace is now shimmying up the cork. I'm going to step out of frame for a moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's going to step in first. <laughs> oh, Nick's going to be our, um, he's going to help pour the wine. Got two glasses here. <laughs> Very oh. Ooh, the cork has been popped. Okay, okay. So, smells I was gonna say, <laughs> ooh, it smells fancy. It smells fancy. <laughs> I'm getting oak barrel, maybe. <laughs> I might just no, please don't touch. Please don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> um, does Nick realize he's perfectly <laughs> in between it. the two computer screens? <laughs> 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 this might be my favorite segment of the pod so far it smells good it smells really good it does <laughs> now what's your experience with wine grace how i've had a lot of box wine in my day and not been going to college parties because that's what the parents provide oh yeah he's his family classic um, but we're California wine drinkers, so yes. I thought a cab was like a good idea for us. That's a good idea. Um, I am, I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur, but I'm an appreciator of yeah. wine. So I'm here for it. Jamie's got like a wine membership. I do have a wine membership. I okay. do not. Pour us, pour us a glass. Pour us a glass. <laughs> I feel like mom and dad instilled in all of us, Grace, that like sweet, like white and pink wines are yeah. terrible. Yeah, they're not here. I've always hated them. They always want like a dark red or something very dry. Thank you. Grazie. Oh, Danke Seb. Danke Seb. Danke Seb. Okay. Um, we're not gonna let it breathe this time. We're just gonna go <laughs> we're straight going in. right in. Okay, I'm gonna smell it first. Okay, I did it earlier. I do a swirl. No, I'm going to do a swirl, a smell, and then I'm going to do a sip. I had to show the world that I could open that bottle. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm just off camera. Okay. Here we go. It's very smooth. It's really smooth. It's so smooth. It's not super dry. Mm-hmm. It has no bite to it. Sometimes I feel like I'll get a cab and it'll kind of get me back in the jaw. Okay, yeah. so now I'm going to do a swirl, okay. a smell, and then an aeration as I drink it in. Oh my God. <laughs> swirl. <laughs> I had an old roommate that taught me this trick. We'll see if it does some different, Let's opens see. up some notes yeah. in the wine. Hmm. Incredible. Do you feel like it changed it up? It, it does. It aerates the wine. Okay. <laughs> it like helps it, I don't know, change some notes in the wine. Yeah, you can slurp it. 
<laughs> oh, disclaimer, we are all over the age of 21. Barely. No. <laughs> <laughs> what flavors are you tasting, Grace? Okay. It's definitely a good bottle of wine. 10 out of 10 for me. Would recommend. Yeah, it's definitely good. I taste grapes. Okay. Um that's a great start. That's a great start, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) I've been picking a lot of wild grapes by my house recently. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Danny Ricardo picked some wild grapes to make this wine? where is this winery i think it's an australian it's an australian winery i think so there isn't um what's the one barefoot is it barefoot from australia probably but i think this is fancier not barefoot (laughs) it's definitely fancier than i would hope so (laughs) although what do we know (laughs) yeah we don't know wheel and we don't know wine product of australia so what is australia definitely like some berries Maybe more like strawberry than blueberry. Nobody judge me for this. I don't know wheel and I don't know wine. <laughs> okay, I was initially saying oak barrel, but I think this was definitely like a metal barrel situation. That's it. Tastes a little more. She knows wine. <laughs> it tastes a little more metallic to me. Not in a bad way. It might way. be the glasses. Sure, could be. We have the nice. Sorry, guys. <laughs> nice, <laughs> light, metal-rimmed glass here. Um, for those listening to the pot at home, to describe our glass, nice tight silver rim around the top edge. It's not lead. Yeah. Excellent. It's, it's honestly so smooth for a cab. I'm going to be honest. so smooth. I'm not usually a cab person. Like, it's usually really heavy. This, to me, is really smooth really really easy to drink it is like a little it's heavier than you know like yeah it is heavier but it's not the he- like I feel like some cabs you're just like all right one I'm gonna do a half glass yeah. it's so heavy I might have to check a bag to bring this to Minnesota for Christmas Ooh. yes I'm feeling like okay this is giving also I can't put my finger on it maybe like plum oh yeah yeah but like wild plum. Yes. <laughs> wild plum. Wild plums for this. Oh, I got a little chocolate in that. Oh, a little yeah, after I can see taste. that. It's like, that's. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they'll taste like, like a clover, like an herb or like a, like a spice. I don't taste that in this one. Grapes. Um, it's solid yeah. on the grape scale. What would you pair this with? <laughs> um like an aged gouda Mm. that's like a little salty and a little creamy creamy for sure yeah what what would you pair this with um I definitely could see some kind of red meat (laughs) grace is a vegetarian (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like I don't I'm not a high baked ham all the sponsors tonight folks actually i don't see ham for this i am truly picturing a steak just a rare steak wow and potatoes okay 
kind of a cl- maybe some green beans. Oh, um, I I would go with a, a nice cheese. And I would definitely go with cheese. Absolutely, creamy cheese. I think is spot on. A creamy hard cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. Creamy hard cheese. So not That's a brie. like a gouda. No, okay. not a brie. Okay. I think brie is like too soft for it. It needs something that like bites back with it. Mm-hmm. It's a little sweeter than I, and than other caps I've had. Yeah, that's why it's so yeah. like. There's no bite. There's no bite, as There's Jamie no said. Bite. No bite. Um. So overall ranking, I give it a nine out of ten. Nine out. Of I'm 10. a fan. If I include the price, <laughs> that's what brings it down. Seven out of ten. <laughs> 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 I mean it tastes good there I don't think you can deny that it's, yeah. it tastes good it's good wine it's really really it's delicious from a wine expert a it's- great expert <laughs> <laughs> I have a childhood memory of going to a vineyard with our parents I don't know how much of a childhood memory this is but I think I was probably like maybe old enough to drive because I think I was the DD you were probably like 16 yeah I think I was like 16 and maybe like the aunts and uncles were around as well and it was like Grace can drive now (laughs) and I remember dad like everyone had been wine tasting and dad went down and picked some of the grapes and Mm. he got yelled at (laughs) I do not remember I don't think you were there was this in California? That's a, that's a deeply, yeah, it's in California. Yeah. That's an unlocked wine memory for you <laughs> from the catalogs. <laughs> I just remember the. And now I get it. I like to pick a grape too. <laughs> I'm like, every time I pick a grape, I think of my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the trip we took to South Dakota. Like, do you five wine years ago now? in South Dakota? No, but when we were in the like the Black Hills and um, Badlands, we went to a place where there was a like winery on one side of the road, and the other side there was a brewery, and we went to the winery first. And mom and dad just complained about the wine the entire time. They like to complain about a Midwestern wine. Yes, <laughs> because it's all very fruit forward. I would say. <laughs> I you don't, don't have, have the ability to grow too many grapes around here so it's all we like have f- blackberry wine we um, and then we went to the brewery and that's where you get the good stuff yeah mm. do you want to join and yeah, review this we have a fellow midwesterner we have oh. well what's your hot take on midwestern wine fruit wine mm-hmm. fruit wine <laughs> fruit forward yeah we have a uh, second, second do you want to taste this and give us your thoughts from yeah. behind the camera oh yeah do you want this to is it? our editor just kidding <laughs> <laughs> she's sniffing she's giving it the sniff she's doing the sip she's aerating heavily aerating don't choke <laughs> swirling in the mouth tilting the head it's sort of tart. It's mm. nice. It's very smooth. There's no bitterness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right? not fruit forward. No. No. I think it's fruit backward. <laughs> fruit backward. <laughs> what do you say is forward in this? It hits you at the end. Mm-hmm. I think the, the tartness hits you at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it sort of like rolls around the sides of the tongue. Mm. That's what I'm getting. I think the tart makes me think of the fruit that the tartness, it's the skins. Yeah. 
I like, like it's that. Like, I think that's where you're getting the plum from because you get the tartness of the plum skin first and mm-hmm. then the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. why it's so smooth. Yeah. I'm a fan, Danny. Danny. I'm a fan. Send us another bottle. You'll get another positive review. (laughs) I would never. I'm very ethical. That's true. (laughs) I would actually be curious to try the other one. It seems like this is a bougie wine brand. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I haven't heard of St. Hugo. um, So I don't know anything about that vineyard. Um, but based off the taste, it feels and price, it feels extremely bougie. <laughs> we should have done a blind tasting with like other wines. That's a good yes. That'll yeah. be next time. Yeah, That's we can great. do that at mom and dad's with the like box wine as well as the $12 wine for total wine. Okay. Have you guys seen the Canet Kirkland segment that's been floating around? It'll be kind of like that if anyone's seen that. It's no. like this. It's a boy band. <laughs> They're not boyish bandish, but they uh, they try all the different Kirkland um, alcohols and then compare it to like kind of a run of the mill alcohol. So we could do something <laughs> along those lines. Sounds like Shout a blast. Shout out to the Canon Kirkland boys. Love it. Well, what do we have other thoughts on Danny Rick on? I think we should do like a wrap up of the season podcast, maybe in a week or two. So yes. we'll just leave it where we did. Yeah. I do have one more question for both of you, which is from the pictures of the driver's dinner, some of them were holding like black envelopes and some people online started theorizing that Seb had written all of the driver's like letters. Oh my gosh. Do you think that actually happened? <laughs> Yes, I'm kind of convinced that it is. I think it is real because I feel like he's actually like very well known for writing mm-hmm. people letters. Mm-hmm. Like he wrote people letters back in his Red Bull days. He's written a, he's written many a letter. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go 100 percent yes. Oh, after after listening to the send off video where Charles talked about how Seb personally called him up and thanked him for the work he was doing with the simulator, I can't like I. I wouldn't it would almost surprise me more if Seb didn't do that I think (laughs) that seems right on par I think what we really should be buying next is maybe some Seb merch because I think it's like actually like ethically produced yeah and goes to a good cause so that's what I should put on my Christmas Elster list Seb merch Seb merch I didn't get to weigh in on this the well maybe I did I can't remember but weighing back in on the Seb Seb send-off I will miss seeing whatever shirt Seb is wearing. I feel like he he wears these very simple, plain shirts. It's just like a white shirt with black writing for whatever um, mm-hmm. like issue that he's trying to represent or draw attention to. And yeah, that, that'll be missed around the paddock. He's just way too good for F1. Yeah. F1 does not he's deserve probably him. not tax evading at all. <laughs> very German <laughs> only for organization I'm actually really excited I feel like a year from now I'm curious to see what he ends up doing that's kind mm-hmm. of what I've been thinking about recently is like where is Seb a year from now what's he going to get into yeah do you think he's still going to be uh one of the leaders of the is it GPDA Grand Prix Drivers Association yeah I think they talked about that on the post-race show a little bit and they were like for sure he will be he's always been involved oh. he always cares 
I think he's going to be the next, like, guy who leads the driver debrief. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what? Let's petition to get the driver debrief back on. Get it back online, buddies. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I if he comes back, I'll be really interested to see what he does. Mm. Agreed. Second big question for the night. Do you two think Matteo Bonato is losing his job? As no, I don't. What do you, you don't think, think so? I think I Fred Vesser is taking his job. Bye that seems on. nuts. It, okay, from what I know so far, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Ferrari seems pretty, um, what's the word, dedicated? to their people is that wrong well so actually supposedly that was like a big change with Mattia Bonotto that he came in and he really changed the culture from very much a culture of like you don't do well enough you're out to mm-hmm. like we're a family we work together to improve things I don't know I think I would be surprised if they decided to change it up right now because I actually think the last couple of races Ferrari kind of pulled it together a little bit this past race yeah I don't know about Brazil. It was interesting seeing. <laughs> yeah, Brazil was Brazil. a mess. They put him on inner. Mexico City was a uh, mess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I feel like Ferrari is the kind of place where like they leave things for a while to see what happens. So uh, how did that get leaked? Because when we were watching the race, I was like, oh, that's his last time too. And Grace was like, no, no, that was a... Uh, a rumor it's so just all been oh. rumors i don't ever know where these rumors come from i just see them on twitter I, probably, I feel like someone like probably they did talk to besser but i just don't yeah. believe it's happening yet yeah well apparently fred besser has been um uh, in charge of the team that charles has been on like four times in the past and they're like they get along super well and so it'd be Which- very much a move to make charles happy Yes, which also makes me feel like that's a rumor that, like, Charles fans would want to spread. <laughs> yeah. Just to make a full Carlos Gurley over here. <laughs> Wait, so, to be honest, I don't know all the names of the people yet. What? Who is the person that they're saying is taking over for Bonanza? He's the current team principal of Alfa Romeo. Okay. I, I don't believe it. I think give... Benotto at least another season before they make a change I was in shock when I heard it so I find it hard to believe should we take bets but I will say I did see the post-race interview with Benotto where they were like so next year are you guys gonna win the championship and he was like we're gonna try and be competitive and I was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) bud (laughs) it's just so surprising Like, it doesn't make sense to me, logically, how Ferrari can end up with this great car, Mm -hmm. but not act like they're ready to try to actually fight for the championship. Yeah. Like, getting the great car should be the last thing you have in place to be ready to fight for a championship. It's like if Haas had the fastest car on the grid. And then had to figure out what to do with it. Yes. Which I also say, I feel like, there is much more internal chaos at Haas than I've realized. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, which makes me a little bit happy that Mick is getting out of there. And hopefully in a year or two, he'll get a better drive somewhere else. Um, it also made me feel better hearing that it was 
entirely Danny Rick's decision never to call Haas and just like he wanted to decide for himself that he wasn't going to drive this year and it didn't have to do with like who Haas was as a team it was Mm -hmm. Danny wanting to just like take a break yeah yeah anyways yeah there's a lot of stuff there's plenty to talk about oh yeah always (laughs) next time it's also a very weird feeling of even today as the first like official day of winter break online there were still photos of like Pierre getting his Alpine seat feed, fitted and like some other teams were doing testing and like yeah it never testing. stops yeah crazy yeah. Checo went uh Checo um jumped out of a plane with a parachute what's why am I skydiving they love to skydive yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was skydiving Checo by himself with friends with the, with the instructor on it like where it was like a pairs uh skydiving thing i don't know if he was with a friend or not <laughs> i just saw him as instagram that's funny <laughs> but. the adrenaline the chase the thrill <laughs> <laughs> i did see the thing where uh pierre was trying to convince charlotte to let charles go skydiving <laughs> yes that is hilarious. Spicy. Spicy. I know. What do we have to look out for during this, this break? Break. Yeah. Ooh. I feel like I got in too late in the season here. Now all of a sudden it's over. Don't worry, they'll be back at the beginning of March. <laughs> so long. The only dramatic news that I anticipate happening is if Mattia Bonato loses Bonato loses his job. Spicy. Do they do last mm-hmm. minute trade? during the break they can do whatever they want sure whenever they want okay yeah Um, let's be a fly on the wall in the Haas garage (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing we'll see stuff from testing the next couple days and then like nothing until livery reveals in like February what does an F1 driver like Mick do? Does he get demoted to F2 or are those seats all like, is that a thing? No, no now he just hangs out. He's just chill. He's rich. He, he's, he's fine. He's most likely going to, or the rumors have been saying he's going to be a reserve driver at Mercedes. Oh. I saw that Toto said they'd be happy to take him in. Oh. But. Which, I mean, uh, his dad, the last couple of seasons that he drove when he, like, came back was with Mercedes. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. The more I know, the less I'm convinced about Mick Schumacher. But don't come for me, <laughs> Schumi fans. Whoa. Is that the hot take that you're holding on to over there? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you're going to release it or are you going to keep us on the edge of our I'm going to keep you on the edge of your we find out what's happening with him. Right. I will say, Mom also not impressed with Mick. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was uh, she was sharing some hot takes today. She get her on the podcast sometime. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> we could do that. that could be arranged. <laughs> we well, really need to get Dad. Well, I think we'll pull it off someday. Mm-hmm. He uh, he said to me when I was home that like doesn't think his voice is good enough to be on a podcast he has a great voice mm-hmm. i know she'll have to help me convince him <laughs> easy too easy cheers. cheers 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 to the 2022 season of formula one twinkie
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll definitely be back during the break with some random episodes. Fun. We still don't but know we all. Stay tuned. <laughs> Absolutely I'm... not. I do not know we all. But I do know we will be back in the 2023 season. <laughs> and we'll see you all there. And thanks for having me today again, ladies. Anytime, Jamie. And thanks everybody for joining us on the We Don't Know We Love One podcast. Bye. Over Bye. Bye.